0: Good evening and welcome to episode 165 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you f- for joining us tonight on a very special evening with a great guest. It is Whitney week. We're going to be talking about the unbelievable late pick five and grade one steak races at Saratoga this Saturday with a fantastic guest handicapper. cannot wait to bring on this gentleman in just a few minutes. Before we do that, please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. You guys know the Joe already by now. Please smash that like button. We'd really appreciate it. That'll tell YouTube this is a great show. And then hit that notification bell. As you know, we've been having shows on different days of the week. We always have our flagship show on Thursday. Tonight we're starting half an hour early because someone I know has a big bowling league that he's got to get to. So we got to start a little bit earlier uh, tonight. No, not me, although I do love bowling. Shout out to all you bowlers out there. I did use the bowl uh, back in the day. Uh, but anyway, so please make sure you hit that notification bell so you know when new content will arise. Of course, on my name tag, you can follow me on Twitter, at hkravitz. And then down below, it just passed on the screen there, my email, of course, Horse at gmail.com. You're also going to look at right there. Look what's coming up this Saturday live. Just like last week, we're going to be um, here live during the grade ones at Saratoga this Saturday. It's five to six 30 Eastern standard time. So join us live this Saturday, five to six 30 Eastern standard time. We're going to, again, preview the races. We'll uh, watch the races. We'll commentate after the races we had over 4,000. That's right. Did you hear that, Andrew? We had over 4,000 people watching live last Saturday for a great day of racing with the Jim Danny and the Vanderbilt. It probably will be even more so this Saturday. So check it out. It's a fun live show. We're also going to have uh, one of our co-hosts, Paul Halloran, who is at Saratoga this week. We might have a little surprise for you. Uh, I don't want to tell you what's going what we got in the works there, but... Paul Howard, a little surprise for us, live at Saratoga during our broadcast this Saturday. You're not going to want to miss it. Of course, you can also listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. we got the Race Day blog going. Very profitable. Very inexpensive. Uh, maybe our guests will have some of my um, similar thoughts on the blog uh, this Saturday. We'll wait and see. You receive it every saturday if you're interested in the blog it's through patreon you can see below or also look below the video player in the description you can find out more about the race day blog all right very quickly before we bring on our guest handicapper uh let me bring on one of my great co-hosts from maryland he was here last night when we interviewed tom durkin he's back again it's the one and only pete visco pete what's up buddy
1: What's up, Howard? What's up, everybody out there?
0: Uh, Are we excited for this week? We got some big steak races, Pete. It's a good one. It's
1: a a good one. It's a good card when you start going through it, man. It's it's a really good one. I can't wait to talk about it.
0: Uh, Weather? Eh, they got some rain. Typical Saratoga. They got some rain today. I saw some rain tomorrow. Uh, there's a front that's sort of working its way through the eastern part of the country. It was hot out there, right, P in Maryland today? Oh, my God.
1: It was, it was brutal today. And then we just yeah. had like a tornado, you know, thunderstorm. I was, I was hoping the power wasn't going to go out. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So, well, we're good to go. But, yeah. So, who knows with this weather?
0: I'm glad we've got a good guest handicapper in case things go to crap. So <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll have a backup there with our uh, guest handicapper. Although I mean, he's no I,
1: he's no Tom Durkin, but he's, he'll do, I guess. Well,
0: listen. <laughs> We do the best we can on this show. Yeah, we, we
1: get what we uh, can. He's
0: the Tom Durkin of handicapping at Saratoga. How's that? That's I like that. No pressure. He's he's in the uh, he's in the uh, backstage thinking, hmm, do I really want to come on now? I got to give right picks on every <laughs> single bet uh, that our viewers going to make. Anyway, without further ado, let's let me introduce our great uh, guest. Oh, by the way, one last thing. I just uh, Pete, I just literally put this up on the YouTube page. So this is why you have to. Um, Hit the notification bell. Next Tuesday night, we're doing a really fun show. It's going to be college night. You're thinking, college night? What the hell is that? I've met two very good handicappers that are actually in college. They're college-age handicappers, Pete. We're going to try to bring in the younger crowd, and they're going to take us through the pick five at Saratoga on Wednesday, and our viewers will have a chance to type in, You know, questions and suggestions for the younger handicappers out there. So I'm really excited about next Tuesday night. We got to bring in that younger crowd. So that's next Tuesday night, College Night here like at it. HHH. One we'll like the brewski, one we'll, we'll the keg, ready to go. I mean, we'll write a rock and roll. I right, <laughs> had a, had a commission
1: in. for a week, but other than that, it's that's now, a good idea.
0: We can handle it. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you do work from home, so you're all okay. true. That is true. Uh, let's bring in. Let's bring in uh, our great uh, guest tonight. Uh, our guest tonight is Andrew Champagne. He's the content producer at Katina Media. He's an award-winning writer and handicapper. And as a former uh, journalism major, I'm very proud that he's a uh, award-winning journalist. Um, he's had stints with the Daily Racing Form, uh, TVG, HR, uh, HR TV, the Saratogian, HR Nation, Bet America, the Saratoga Special. I mean, what hasn't this guy does? Um, he does an excellent job. He covers Saratoga like a glove. He is the five time, Pete, the five time leading handicapper in the pink sheet at Saratoga, which is sort of like the green sheet that you get in a lot of tracks. And he's also the two time all media champion champion winner. Pete, this guy had 142 winners nice. that he picked at the meet. Just 142 <coughs> I mean, at the meet at good. Saratoga. Uh, Basically for the next hour folks ignore my picks ignore Pete's picks and just listen to this guy let's bring on from I'm assuming from Saratoga Springs Andrew Champagne Andrew how's how that intro how you doing tonight
2: that's a hell of an intro right there, Howard. I mean, the Tom Durkin of handicapping, my goodness. First of all, by the way, I, I you guys are already playing from behind, making me follow Tom Durkin. I mean, that's the death spot if ever there was one. <laughs> look, for as good a handicapper as good track announcer, excuse me, as, as Tom Durkin is, an even better human being. And that doesn't seem possible when you understand how good he was as an announcer, but my goodness, getting the chance to be able to interact with him on a daily basis. When I worked in this room right back here that I'm pointing to that press box in Saratoga. Yeah. Yeah. He is a special, special human being in a lot of different ways. Love that guy.
0: He's
2: a great guy.
0: Like I said, last night, I had a chance to meet him for the first time when I was at Saratoga, for the first time. Sorry, you weren't there, Andrew. We'll, we'll hook up at some point. point uh, two weeks ago when myself and three other people were guests on the museum tour that he does. And he was a great guy. He spent an hour and a half almost with us last night, Andrew, just out of his own, you know, goodwill. So it was fantastic. A lot of people really appreciate the show, but enough about Tom Durkin. Let's get to you, Andrew, uh, by the way, congratulations on the uh, gift that we got in the last race today. You want to talk to the viewers on what I'm talking about?
2: How did that happen? I have absolutely I have no idea. No idea. Uh, Miss Domina, or Miss Demina, as I believe they said on the feed, yeah. was the morning line favorite at 5-2, to two, was favored in the pick 5 and pick 6 Will Pays. They come out to the track, and that horse is 7-1. to one. What? What's going on here? That horse did wind up getting bet down to just over 5-1, to one, but my goodness, you, you see gifts like that if you like that horse, you take that shot and you're rewarded more often than not paid 1350 to win keyed a really nice late pick four score in my bankroll section for the Saratogian also a six win day in the Saratogian pick box, by the way, oh. before we get too far into it, shout out to John Shapazian from the Saratoga special. We all keep tabs on everybody else. That's doing what we do, right? Sure. He had eight today. He went what? eight for 10. Wow, It was oh. insane. And he actually came very close to nine. He had a tone in the ninth race of the day, that blanket finish, where he wound up beaten about yay much, despite being about a zillion wide throughout. Um, Yeah, he he had himself a day And he's the one we're all chasing right now In those all-media handicapping standings That I gotta tell you, I'm a little bit happy That people are paying attention to now That was the goal and why I'd been trumpeting myself As the reigning, defending, undisputed All-media handicapping champion Because look, I grew up reading The Daily News, the New York Post All of these racing sections Back when every newspaper had a devoted racing staff It's not the case anymore I grew up with that, and if I can do something that gets people thinking and talking about that again, that's more important than anything else I'll ever do.
0: Yeah, and by the way, shout out to everyone at Capital TV also. And Are you beating that bum Seth
2: Marrow, or what, in the standings? Oh, he's horrible. He's (laughs) absolutely terrible. What does that guy know? He's a great guy. We were actually tied last weekend when I put everything together. The big gripe that I have here, and maybe we'll get a little bit of traction so obviously I can track the Saratogian stuff. I can track the Saratoga special because this is Horseracing.com is an excellent resource run by the Clancy brothers who I love and respect very much. Tom law also does a lot of really cool stuff with them. Good dude there. The daily Gazette makes their stuff available for free. Seth is in the times union, which is behind a paywall. Come on.
0: Come on now. Well, Seth was on, Seth invited me on his show, which I was so honored. And he's a enjoyed good being guy, a really yeah. good guy. And then he came on this show. So I reciprocated, Rob Just giving Seth some crap. Uh, he won't hear <laughs> this anyway, uh, but he you a know, good guy, good handicapper. Just everyone I've met at Saratoga is great. Uh, Andrew, we we've got, there's two things I want to do before we handicap. I want to quickly bring up now this is from two days ago, tweeted out by uh, David Aragona. And I don't know if you saw this. I think it's fascinating. It talks about it's not only the jockey standings, but it also talks about ROI. And I just want to get your opinion as I bring this up on screen. I don't know if you saw this, but um, what's your impressions when you see this uh, chart? Now, again, from top to bottom, it, it goes by the ROI. I can't say enough about how impressive Javier Castellano has been, not only this meet, but really as he came back from injury before this meet, the guy, Andrew, is riding like the old pro that he is and still not really gaining the respect of the windows. It's amazing.
2: Javier Castellano and Tom Morley have combined to win a lot. That is a combination you simply cannot ignore when you see it pop up. That's happened three, four or five times already. This meet when you get a horse that kind of sort of fits for Morley, he gets Castellano and Castellano puts on a world-class ride. Now, a couple of years ago, there was talk that motivated by what Mike Smith had been doing in Southern California, Javier was going to take sort of a reduced schedule. He was going to focus more on the high quality mounts and whatnot. Well, that year at Saratoga, he started about one for 30. That didn't last very long. Now he sort of has that schedule and he's making the most of it. And he is giving everything he is on the best chance possible in order to win. As far as the rest of this list is concerned, You're telling me Jose Ortiz, Joel Rosario, and Luis Saez can ride? I'm shocked, Howard. I'm absolutely shocked. This jockey colony, and look, if you go on horse racing Twitter, you're going to see a couple races a week where jockeys are lambasted, usually for allowing one horse to walk the dog in a big turf route race, right? Well, that never happens It's in New York, does it? having, Having said that, though, this jockey colony is world class. It's as good yeah. as it gets. And the 15th best rider in that room would be a leading rider at a lot of circuits yes. around the country. It's a lot of fun to watch.
0: No, I mean, they're really talented. By the way, I had a friend that needed a tone today. I'm not sure he liked that. I don't know who was riding a tone, but uh, I'm not sure. Uh, he Dylan was happy.
2: Davis, I believe, was riding that oh, one. I, I love said, Dylan. That's stupid. I needed Emirati, so I was very, very okay. happy about wow. that how you squeeze that photo out, man? Wow. Emirati is one of the Andrew eight. Late last year, I had the eight win day. It was the last Friday of the Saratoga meet. So it's a blind bet back for me every time, but also the horse did fit and Flavian Pratt made every right move to get that horse. Look, first through fourth, was separated by about right. yay much at the end of a mile it's a heck of a race emirati a nice horse michael dubb was interviewed after that race a stakes race probably in his future and that was a stakes quality race that he won so that's not a shock
0: by the way i know we're digressing a little bit but if you're if you're someone who watches races carefully like andrew and myself and pita's the number five horse race floor form could not have gotten a better trip and still could not win Total play against for me next time, Andrew, if he's in the same spot. I just wanted to just throw that out there. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I thought he was a winner at the top of the stretch and finished. What, fourth, third?
2: I, mean, um, I believe he was fourth. Yeah, but I, I hear he you for sure, him, because there was a lot of trouble in behind him. Now, they did go a little bit quick early on, and maybe that compromised them a little bit. But having said that, you get that trip, you're supposed to win the race.
0: Yeah, I mean he angled out perfectly. Anyway, uh, the other thing that I wanted to uh, talk about as I look at my uh, other screen here, I, actually, it's nothing I want to show. What do you make, or what's the sense out there? Right, we talked about this last week. The track has been, the, the dirt has been very dull. we've been, we've seen extremely slow times in general. Now with the weather and sometimes the moisture, it's quickened up. Have you heard anything from the track supers or like what's the vibe been out there as to why? I'm not saying. It's been unfair in any way. It's just been extraordinarily slow a lot of the times on the dirt.
2: Well, Saratoga has always had the reputation of being a deeper track, right? And I think that's juxtaposed with the stuff that we see at Belmont, where oftentimes the track conditions are brown concrete and green concrete, right? (laughs) So you're going to see slower times there. The Wilson shoot times in particular, are and thank you very much kyle for that i'm seeing that down there it did win the photo for a second so thanks for clearing that up the wilson shoot times very very slow and that makes some sense because jockeys are starting to figure out how to ride we've seen a couple of miles in 137 or so but you're right we are seeing slower times on the whole which is what makes efforts like the one we saw from prank a couple of days ago so so impressive that horse went 22 for the first quarter, broke a very good Steve Asmussen runner. I think. I think that one just wants to go yeah. longer and yeah. had a lot left in the tank to go 103 and change. You see, efforts like that, they're impressive over any track. Over that track, with the figure that horse got, yep. that horse is going to be four to five in the spin away and justifiably so.
0: It reminded me of the great Saratoga baby races we see. I think 45 and one for the half, if I remember correctly. I mean, that it horse was ranked. fast she ran from sorry it was great to see i i, I love it and i used yeah. to avoid baby races but now i love watching
2: and oh it's got so very, much fun
0: we've got a very famous uh segment that a lot of our guests like that we're going to do right before we handicap here i don't know if you know about it, or heard about it but it is hold on i gotta bring it up oh my goodness where is it Pete? hold on a second
2: i'll <laughs> well, get what to it
0: we got it oh, here we go it is called 10 minutes to post there we go 10 minutes to post Andrew these are going to be 10 rapid fire questions you're gonna answer like 30 seconds or less they're gonna be at the bottom of the screen this is just a way for our viewers and listeners to get to know you a little better are you ready
2: I'm ready let's do it
0: here we go the first moment you fell in love with horses or horse racing
2: First day I went to this track right back here, Saratoga, my dad took me as soon as I was able to walk. I grew up in the Hudson Valley area, about an hour and a half south of Saratoga. I'm in California now. I still go back every year. I'm going back in a week and a half. But you see the track like that, if that's your introduction, there's nothing stopping you from getting hooked at all whatsoever. And that was the case with me.
0: By the way, one of the biggest uh, fans we have of the show, viewers. His name is Tom Espinoza. lives in the lives in San Francisco. works for the uh, I think the Metra, the, the sort of the public. Uh,
2: oh, the Bart, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The BART. He works. <laughs> I think he works for them. So if you hear if you hear see a guy named Tom Espinoza, I recommend just run because uh, he has no good. He has no good. He, he, you're not a Giants fan, by the way, are you?
2: No, no, no. I'm actually a fan of the team in Los Angeles that wears red, has two of the best players in the game and somehow can't win anything. Oh, ouch. That's me. (laughs) All right. Um, Pete, you got the next one.
1: Sure. Best, most memorable horse racing event ever attended.
2: I was at multiple renewals of the Belmont Stakes with triple crowns on the line where it did not happen. I was there for Funny Side when he had that massive work a couple days prior that cooked him, and also Bobby Frankel had Empire Maker finely tuned for that. I was there for Smarty Jones and Birdstone, and that's probably the answer. The Hall of Fame used to sell a photo. It was a reverse angle shot from the rail where Birdstone is passing Smarty Jones. If you look about seven rows up in the stands, you will see – High school aged Andrew holding a video camera like this, because I went to cover the event for my high school (laughs) television. Oh wow, that's cool! It's it's around here somewhere. I have DVDs of my old high school stuff that I'm probably going to need to dig out because I'm moving in the next couple of days. But. That was, uh, that's probably the answer. I was also there for California Chrome when he looked like a winner with three eighths to go. And then all of a sudden just came up empty and we found out why after he grabbed that quarter. Um, so yeah, it took me moving 3000 miles away, but we finally got a couple of triple crown winners. So y'all are welcome.
0: (laughs) Uh, if you could go back Andrew in time and see one horse race in person that you weren't able to view, which one would it be?
2: Secretariat, and I know that's the most common answer. It's you probably answer, almost yeah. every single time yeah. we ask that question, we get that one. You, you, you look up the phrase "the look of eagles."
0: That Pete, I think we need. I think we need to next time we answer, secretariat. ask that question, we gotta excluding, <laughs> <Yeah. the secretary laughs> yeah. excluding the secretary. Yeah, excluding any
2: horse nicknamed Big Red. Yeah, because then you also Let's take Man War out of the equation. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, wins,
0: by 33, or yeah. wins by Or wins by thirty three uh, lengths,
2: Pete
1: highest price winning horse you tipped at saratoga last
2: season oh that's a good one because there are 142 to pick from and now i've oh, got to track just one that you head. can
0: remember that was a nice price you're really proud of
2: the eight win day was my heat check horse was a horse named ruse it was a horse that had come in with a couple of starts opening day dylan davis rode the horse and took the horse back the horse was third one paced i instantly knew that horse was going to be a bet back beats wow. Maidens next time out, comes back, first start against winners in a race that didn't have a lot of early speed signed on. Horse was eight to one and Dylan Davis learned. He sent Rue straight to the front, 24 and change, 48 and change. Nobody came and got him. And that's the point. Every handicapper has these on really big days where you're like, Okay, something special is happening here. I know it, and that wound up being really special for me. That was uh, that was really cool. By the way, shout out to
0: uh, Derek and Cat. I met them uh, today through uh, the wonderful uh, internet. They're going to be going to Saratoga tomorrow. They're, they live in Connecticut. Shout out to uh, Derek and Cat. Great to meet you guys uh, today, uh, Pete. You got the next one. Yep. Oh, sorry, is this <laughs> me. This is me. That's right? you. Uh, biggest mistake handicappers make when betting Saratoga, Andrew, as if there are any at all.
1: <laughs> so not betting Andrew's horses. Is that, is that the, I, that's the number one answer? No, right? there, oh, are some,
2: <laughs> there are some people that are going to expect me to answer that, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> the biggest mistake that a lot of people make comes in turf races. And it's a very simple fact. Belmont park does not run many 2 turn turf races. They come out of those little shoots it is a wildly, wildly different layout to Saratoga running mile, mile in a 16th races, going two turns. I am not saying ignore Belmont Park form. What I am saying is find horses that have success at Saratoga, at Aqueduct, sometimes Monmouth. Those two turn configurations bring out the best from certain kinds of horses, as opposed to horses that thrive going those one-turn routes. It caters to a completely different kind of horse, and a lot of times, that is where you can find value. Again, not saying ignore Belmont Park, but you're not going to see mile turf races at Saratoga go in 132. It is a completely, completely different surface and should be treated as such.
0: Andrew, uh, Pete, and I swore uh, at the beginning of the meet that we were not going to lose with front runners. And then I don't use Mad Money's, who who I actually liked uh, to get on the Matt Bernier show. That was
2: um, a hell of a call by David Aragona. Let's just say that. A, yep. An hell absolutely a
0: hell of a call, and he had turf reading, and I completely effed that up. And I was so pissed at myself for not <laughs> hitting the pick five that day using Mad Money's on the end. The uh, great advice, Andrew. Thank you for that, Pete. Next one.
1: Bucket list track or race day event you'd like to attend domestic or overseas.
2: Haven't been to the Derby need to get there. I've been to several Preaknesses. I've of course been to several Belmonts. Uh, There were a couple of times for work where it was tossed around. Oh, maybe let's send Andrew to the Derby. Nope. Didn't happen. I need to get there at some point. Uh, As far as domestic stuff goes, I'd love to go to Japan at some point and see some races there because Unlike here, and Tom Durkin talked about this on the show last night, we're breeding for whatever the heck brilliance is. And if either of you guys can define that, more power to you. To me, it's just breed for what sells, and if that horse can run it all fine. Japan gets all of the stamina much bigger fields and it's a really strong bedding product that i need to do more of and it's just such a tremendous experience or at least it looks at when you start seeing things with you know tens of thousands of people crowded in to see these horses that are actually bred to race as opposed <laughs> to bred to go a furlong at a two-year-old sale oh, they,
0: they do it <laughs> right awful. how the how, how the how that the american breeding industry lost sunday silence to them is just don't even get me started it's absolutely yeah Money. i know I know, that it pisses me off. All right, we got f- four more questions, then we're going to get to the handicapping. Pete.
1: You have to win one race for $1 million as a racehorse owner. Which jockey in all of history do you want taking them out?
2: So I saw Durkin's uh, thing last <laughs> night, obviously, and I've been tossing and going back and forth a couple of different times. As far as my lifetime, I've got to cheat and give you two answers. For okay. career longevity, it's Frankie Tory. That guy has won everything in every country with every different kind of racehorse. As far as at his best, he was the best I ever saw the late Garrett Gomez. We don't talk about this enough and we should Garrett Gomez won the breeders cup classic aboard blame with one freaking arm. Zenyatta's coming. Blame is going hard. Gomez is trying to pump as much as he possibly can. He's got one arm. Zenyatta's coming. The entire grandstand is rooting for Zenyatta, and Blame holds on. By the way, watch the gallop out of that race. Garrett never Gomez and Blame were never going to let nope. Zenyatta by at all, ever.
0: I am so I, – I I needed Blame for the pick four that day, Andrew, and I, I, I love Zenyatta, but – I I, I want to blame that race. I'm so sick of people. So, oh, if the race was another, you know, 10 feet Zenyatta, Zenyatta was never winning that race. I'm sorry. Probably Zenyatta fans. It's just a fact. Sorry, Pete. It's not opinion. It's fact. Okay. Just Andrew's exact. Thank you, Andrew, for echoing my
2: story here before we move on to the next one. I was watching the Breeders' (laughs) Cup at the Saratoga Harness Track, and I loved Dangerous Midge the race before because when workforce scratched, I knew they were going to bet the wrong Euro. They bet a European shipper by the name of Beckabod who ran second and third a lot. And I knew they were gonna bet that horse and I knew nine to five just wasn't where I was gonna go. So I'll go with Frankie to at eight to one. Dangerous midge runs off the screen by four lengths. I had doubles to five horses, not named Zenyatta. And when I went to cash, hundreds of people are filing out of the harness track Like it's a funeral and I'm waiting to cash because there was like a 20 minute tote delay after the race. And all of a sudden, the only thing that could pop into my head as I'm waiting to cash is ding dong. The witch is dead. The witch is dead. The witch is dead as everybody's walking behind me going effing blame, like stomping out of the track. And I'm going, she was eight to five. How can you bet an eight to five shot in a fourteen or twelve horse field? Andrew was Yada. What do you mean? Yeah,
1: it had nothing oh, to man. do with the money though. I understand pod, pod. You're that, to
2: get the in trouble. She was the queen,
0: Andrew. She was the she's, queen.
1: She's on the she's right there on the wall back there. Be <laughs> not know, one of those. That I, I don't know if think. you
2: can see this, but this part of me here where the heart is, it's frozen. Okay. <laughs>
0: wow. It was a that, nice though. I like cold-blooded killers on this show. That's what we like. All right. We, we got to move on here, Andrew. Yeah. You're not going to get to that bowling league on time. Yeah. Yeah. Shout uh, out
2: Roto-Grip. Yeah. There we <laughs> go.
0: Uh, vertical or horizontal, what do you prefer, Andrew?
2: Whatever the board tells me. And this is one of those traps okay. that a lot of people find themselves in. Look at the probables. Look at Will Pace. Find your value. Just today at Saratoga, Art Collector wins at three to five. The Chad Brown entry wins at three to one in the next race. That double pays greater than eight to one. That should not have happened. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it paid uh, some odd dollars for a $2 bet. It was insane. Find overlays wherever they are, whether they're in exactas, whether they're in doubles, whether they're in any other sort of multi-race exotics. Knowledge is power.
0: I I've gotten a lot more into the double because I've been a lot more active in live money contests and I've had success. And so I, I didn't used to play the double much and I, I look at it quite a bit and they're just, fun. Um, Rolling
2: doubles are fun, man.
0: And absolutely. You, you can get overlays all the time. Um, all right. Two more questions, Pete.
1: Favorite non horse racing sporting event ever attended.
2: Oh, this is an easy one. I interned at the 2010 winter Olympics in Vancouver. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, That was the very last thing I did as a college student. I interned with NBC Olympics on-site in Vancouver for six weeks. It was the best six weeks of my life. I worked 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. getting video in and cutting highlights and stuff. It was so freaking cool.
0: Wait, wait. You buried the lead. College student, 2010? You're a baby, Andrew. Holy crap.
2: Yeah, graduated college in 2010, Yeah.
0: You've done a lot, young man, in your early career. Congratulations. It's really, really I appreciate damn impressive. That. Thank you.
2: La- yeah. Last question.
0: Craziest, most unusual, most embarrassing on-air moment you've had?
2: Oh, boy. Um,
0: Other than this so I'll podcast. You,
2: which is no, no I'll, 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 I'll tell you a cool little story. So when All I was right, a senior at Ithaca, I was one of the two radio voices of Ithaca College football. And they would travel around regionally to play everybody in their conference. And they played Frostburg State in Western Maryland. So we drove down, we get to the booth. My broadcast partner is a gentleman that some of you hockey fans out there might know. His name is Josh Getzoff. And he is now the play-by-play man for a little hockey team called the Pittsburgh Penguins. So we're setting up every single phone line is dead in the press box. Every single one their sports information directors running around going, I tested this yesterday and it worked. I tested this yesterday and it worked. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. This was fall of 2009. iPhones had come out, but were incredibly, incredibly primitive. You couldn't do anything with them, basically. So my partner, thankfully, had one of those devices. We called in. We put the phone down between us. And we started bobbing our heads back and forth on speakers for three hours <laughs> oh, thankfully we did not bash our heads against one another at any point point. and i'll tell you this our sideline reporter was pretty ticked off because we were taking up the phone line and we couldn't throw to him for anything <laughs> so he basically went five hours to maryland and back for absolutely nothing <laughs> but oh, that was God. uh that was a pretty weird road trip for sure and that's probably the answer
0: that, that, that absolutely That's sounds rough. Well, hopefully we're not going to have any tech issues here the rest of the night. Andrew, we got a lot of people watching <laughs> right now uh, on uh, on YouTube and also on Twitter. Again, if you have any questions for Andrew Champagne, whether it be handicapping or otherwise, please make sure you put them in the live chat. Andrew, let's jump to the PPs. I use uh, Dira formulator PPs. We're also going to show the Equibase entries. There you go. Ready to rock and roll. Uh, let's jump in to the pick five on Saturday. There's three grade ones. Andrew, you're going to lead us off uh, for every race. And also the bottom of the screen, Andrew, you're going to see my uh, predictions. By the way, I didn't have a chance now that I, I'm going to do it as we go on. I'm going to erase Paul, Paul Halloran. You know, Paul Halloran, right? From the Saratoga special, I'm assuming, or uh, maybe not. He's, he's one of our co-hosts. So you're going to see our three picks on the bottom of the screen, just like that. The first time that uh, everyone has seen, uh, our picks, and we'll go through the races. Uh, Andrew, the first race of the Pick 5 this Saturday is approximately 434 Eastern Standard Time. It's a one of those salty N1X uh, allowances, seven furlongs on the dirt. I saw N2X, excuse me, N2X allowance. How about $115,000 for the purse? There you see the field right there. It's a really nice field. The line favorite, and a pretty heavy one, is the number eight Saint Tappet for Pletcher and Saez. And that is who you are going with, Andrew.
2: Yeah, I do not think St. Tappet is going to be eight to five. I think he's going to drift up a little bit just because of the size of the field. I think we're probably going to get two to one or five to two. I do think he's going to go favored, but I don't think it's going to be quite as prohibitive as David Aragona, the morning lineman who does an excellent job, may say. We're seeing on the screen now St. Tappet's very first start. This is a horse that got a late start by Tappet out of a mare named Havre de Grace, who has been nominated for the hall of fame the last several years in a row. And for good reason is the one
0: here broke a little slow, but I'll tell you why I really like Andrew. Not only did he rush up, he showed a lot of professionalism in about two seconds where it actually takes back right there. He takes back and comes around for a first time, started to do that and regain his momentum, Andrew. Wow. That's impressive.
2: Yeah, that's something. And you see here, he's regained his composure. And at this point, Luis Saez is riding as comfortably as you possibly can. From this point on, this horse never looks like a loser. You see 23 flat for the opening quarter. At Belmont, that's walking. Comes home well clear. And this day's runner-up, a horse named Golden Alchemist, came right back to win at next asking. So it's not like this horse was beating up on nobodies. Does face winners for the first time, This is not an easy field. It would not be a shock if we saw a couple of these horses come back in stakes races down the line. Uh, You see St. Tappet, who's trained by Todd Pletcher. Pletcher's got two in here, and I think his other one has a big shot. That's number one perfect Munnings, who ran a race at this route last year and was very, very impressive. Tailed off a little bit at the end of that 2021 season, but came back. Ran okay in his comeback race. Goes second off the layoff here. You see 15 to 1 on the morning line. I don't think you're going to get that. I do think you're going to get about 10 to 1. Todd Pletcher with a horse that earned a 92 buyer speed figure. At this route last summer, double digits to kick off a pick 5. That's a must use for me. And... Another must use comes from the barn of Ron McQuett. That's Osborne. Hasn't won in a while, but has been running against some very good horses. You see Happy Jack beat this one last time out. Happy Jack contested the Kentucky Derby and gave some people a really big thrill who thought that was the two coming up the inside as opposed to the 21. (laughs) But Osborne earning that 109 time form speed figure last time out, that's a legitimate figure. And this is a horse that has every right to get better. If you're going to look elsewhere, you're probably going to land on the Chad Brown runners here. And you both very much like the seven money supply. I just need more of a price on that one than we're likely to get. I've watched a couple of replays. This is a horse that tends to find trouble. And I don't love betting horses like that in big fields at short-ish prices. Now, if this horse gets a clean trip, absolutely has a shot and would be a B for me in here. But I almost prefer the three silly K, who also comes from the Chad Brown barn, was second in the race. Perfect money's exits. I think this is a spread race in that early pick five. I do think St. Tappet's going to go favored. I do not think St. Tappet is going to be a prohibitive favorite. This is a fun betting race, guys.
0: And you uh, you, you mentioned a few times. Do you think money supply is going to be lower than the nine two? What, what do you think he goes off at? It's probably a seven-
2: field. Right. Seven to two second choice. I think. I think Saint okay. Tappet's going to be favored. I think Money Supply comes down a little bit.
1: Yeah, I was surprised that uh, I was surprised that the nine to two when I was because I handicapped pre pre odds and I was I, I was surprised. Yeah.
0: So Pete, tell the Saratoga handicapping champion why he's wrong and why Money Supply is going to win. <laughs>
1: I think he's right that it could be a spread. If the if the eight's not a monster, then then I think this could be a spread race. But I, a couple of things, and I think Andrew actually touched on it, where the seven does find trouble, and and that is concerning. So you're hoping that this time he doesn't find trouble, and I'm putting a little bit of confidence in getting Flavian Pratt back on that. This one's going to have his horse. He's going to have this horse a little closer, hopefully a little more in the mix, stay out of the trouble. And I I just think that if I can get a Pratt Brown, Clarovich, who's not the favorite, and I know it's a dirt race, so it's not necessarily, you know, he's not always the favorite in a dirt race, but if I can get that and if this horse gets the trip, then I think he's got a shot. And I, and Chad had a, a great stat for blinkers off where he's like, I forget yeah. what it is. I have it. He's about, he's five for 11 wins nine for 11 in the money with blinkers off on dirt. So I was like, oh, okay. So at least he knows what he's doing. It's not like yeah. he's reaching for something. He's trying to get this horse more involved. So if he does, I think he's got a good shot.
0: There were two things I liked a lot about money supply and and, and Andrew's exactly right. It's a chat. He's probably to go off less than nine to two. One was the blinkers off angle. The other thing is look who this horse has faced. He's lost to Old Homestead, which is a nice steak horse who just finished, I believe, second um, to Conagher at at, at Colonial. Creative Minister and Happy Jack. I mean, there's no one in this race, gentlemen, that compares to those three unless St. Tappet is is the real deal. So, um, Money Supply, yeah, he's got a little trouble. He's no sure thing whatsoever here, but he's faced some absolute monsters. I love the blinkers off and the seven furlongs. I agree with Andrew also. I think Osborne has a shot as well. I'm a little bit against your one and three. I think they're a little bit cheaper, Andrew, but it is a wide open race. I think you definitely have to spread. And before we go to the next race, we got a great question. This will only take five seconds from Steve Pogle. Uh, favorite bowling ball. How was that? Not a 10 of minutes post question.
2: <laughs> the roto grip all out show off.
0: There you go. All right, Steve. I, don't, uh, I, I was a rhino guy. Do they still have rhino bowling balls? Yep. even
2: Brunswick okay. makes – yeah, there's two major companies. There's Storm, uh, which does Storm, Rotogrip, and 900 Global. And there's Brunswick, which does pretty much everything else. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Did I show a little bit of bowling acumen by throwing yeah. Rhino out there? Oh, All yeah, right, they enough. still like those. Not bad. Okay. Uh, let's. By the way, we have a lot of great questions, Pete, in the chat. Pete, don't bring them up, but maybe just keep them in the back of your mind. And yeah, I
1: flagged up. a few. Yeah, I'm flagging yeah, just flag them for, for at the gotta, end, towards uh, the end.
0: Andrew's got to get out at a certain time. We want to make sure uh, – that happens. We do have some great. Well, I'll tell
2: you, going through this race is not going to take too long. So we're going to Let me
0: switch over the uh, banner here to race nine. This this race, Andrew, I have to say I was really disappointed. And I mean um... that in all sincerity. The, this, the test is one of my favorite races all year long. It's a grade one, it's for restricted three year old fillies, seven furlongs. We showed one of the best test stakes that I can ever remember with Carson Hollow versus you in 2002 when you were just a pop, Andrew, this race, I don't know what, I mean, I don't know where all the nice three old Phillies are. Maybe they just got ruined from the victory ride with what a happy soul. And, uh, and um, uh, who was the other one? The one that had the, the foot issue. I'm drawing a blank now pretty birdie, but anyway, yes. Matt's Matt's array. Just single and move on. Right.
2: Yeah, I think so too. One quick note I think I made this typo. I'm actually one seven four as well, right along with you, not one seven five. So, but okay. Matarea certainly looks like a standout in here. It's a real bummer in particular that Echo Zulu is not here. Uh, the last time we saw her on the afternoon, she was a scratch in the acorn where she was going to go up against Matarea, and I was very much looking forward to that particular race. Echo Zulu scratches, Matarea cruises. The rail draw is the only concern. I don't want to say the rail has been dead. You can win with an inside trip, but you need to have a horse that has some speed just in case you need to float out a little bit. Well, gee, Matt has a whole bunch of early speed. She's my best bet of the day. Weakest edition of the test in years. I buy that. If you are going to play exactus, I think you maybe do what both Howard and I are thinking of doing, and you keep with a closer like Chi-Town Lady, who go. on figures does not stack up at all, but she's probably the lone true closer in a race full of early speed, and there's there a go. lot of early speed horses that need the lead and aren't going to get it. So, cold exacto, 1-7. is a single for me in everything that I do horizontally.
0: Listen, Andrew. I don't have any like sartorial handicapping uh, trophies, but it's about time you start listening to me. I mean, this is the obvious. <laughs> this is the. Uh, this is Andrew. This is the obvious clunk up finish, second by seven lengths, and we get our twelve dollars exacta, and, and five to one looks like a steal on this exacta, right? Precisely. That's how there you we Easy game. Move design. on,
2: Pete. Yeah, it's Either got no,
1: it's got it's got nothing to do with the fact that you live outside of Chicago, right? I mean it's got nothing to do with that. You no, know
0: sure. it actually it honestly doesn't but it doesn't hurt. And it doesn't by the way, hurt, Wesley right? Ward did win from the outside post, upsetting Bella Sofia with Kumari. I'm not saying they're the same kind of horse. I'm just making the point that Wesley Ward, I was always a bit negative to him outside of you know, Keeneland in Kentucky, Andrew, but he, he, he has proven he can win outside there recently. So um, we'll just We can go through this race quickly. I'm actually very interested, Pete, in your four. If it wasn't the seven, I would use the four, as you can see, wish you. Well, I'll let you talk about her. I think she's really talented. I really do.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you look at a horse that, that costs 550 grand bred Well comes out first race, 85 buyer wins pretty nicely. And then in the second one, when you watch it, just hesitated out of the break, was in the slop, just was way way back early, sort of rushed up a bit, and then sort of fell back. So if you could almost put a line through that, and if you were coming off just that maiden race, and again, that'd be a pretty big jump into this, but you would say, man, this horse is pretty interesting. You see that 10th by fifteen. It's not so enticing, but I'm going with you know you know hey there's a lot of confidence Weaver showing in this horse because you're going from tenth by fifteen an optional claimer now we're jumping up in the Grade One test obviously this horse had some talent you see that beautiful work last out so I'm just hoping again I'm looking at this one as a can this one just get second behind Matarea most likely and that could be the cold Exacta. With, with a double digit horse underneath. And hopefully people don't bet it because they see that last crappy line on the floor.
0: Hey, Pete, I love this pick for you. I think it's a great choice for a second. I have no qualms. With anything you just said, two quick things. We're going to move on. First of all, Jake Ballas is a great job. Black type thoroughbreds, the owner. So good luck that to too. them. Number yeah. one. And we'll and hopefully jump and... In
2: here really quick guys, please, please. If, please. if I don't win with Monterey, Given everything that George Weaver has been through the last couple I of was weeks, just gonna say, I hope yeah, wish you yeah. well wins. Cause that'll bring down the freaking house.
0: Andrew, just very quickly. Can you tell me what you, what you're talking about? I was just about to talk about George Weaver's uh, wife and the horrible act. We don't need to get We're details,
2: really but... on the same page with this race. Aren't we?
0: <laughs> we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, her, her uh, for those people who don't know George Weaver's wife was in a horrible training accident. She does continue to get better. It'd be an extremely emotional Win uh, for them if they could pull it out. Uh, last thing I'll say about this race, Andrew. I don't know if you agree. I think David Aragona is the best morning line maker in the country. I'm not just about smoke up his butt. I really believe that. This, so I agree with this morning line. Hot Peppers is the worst second choice in a race I think I've ever seen. If this horse gets second, I don't know what to say. She got so damn lucky last time in a horrendous victory ride. There's other speed. I am so against hot peppers in this race. I can't even, I can't even say it enough times. Do you agree with that? Yeah,
2: I do. And a lot of it isn't because of the horse. Can you please bring your cursor over the number of wins that Rudy Rodriguez has to this point (laughs) in Saratoga meet? (laughs) I I think that's all for
0: 34.
2: (laughs) And look, there are going to be trainers that struggle every Saratoga meet. Last year, Saffy Joseph won one race the entire summer. It was an off-the-turf race very early in the meet. His horses kept getting bet and kept running up the track. If you spot these horses from these trainers, make them beat you. Hot Peppers is a nice horse. She won a graded stakes race last time out. That's all well and good. Oh for 34 is way too much to ignore. And it's also not like he's over for 34 with nine seconds and nine thirds. No, no, His horses are not running well right now. And that happens to at least one barn every season. Mark Cassie yeah. had an epic dry stretch a couple of years ago. It yeah. happens. Rudy Rodriguez is going to have to beat me before I start using his horses.
0: Yep, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yep, All right, let's, let's move on to the next race this is i mean there's three great ones but as far as i'm concerned as bad as I, I, sh- I shouldn't say bad it's being disrespectful as disappointing a field as the test is this whitney andrew wow now look we all want big fields i'm not going to go on and on about it. i'm sick of talking about it andrew we all want big fields but if you i don't care the field size these are there are four absolute monsters in this race and i am so excited To see what happens in the Whitney. Let me bring it up. Of course, it's a grade one. Whoops, sorry. Let me go to uh, switch it over. Race 10. Here we go. The Whitney. It's one of the best races of the year every year. Of course, for older males. Post time is about 543. You can watch it live right here on the HHH Racing Podcast. Along with the test and the next race we're going to talk about. One million dollar purse. A mile and eighth. I mean, look at this field. American Revolution. Hot Rod Charlie. Okay, Zoomers should be 150 to one. Olympiad. Happy Saver. Life is good. Who's the favorite at six to five? Let me switch over the banners right there. Uh, again, Andrew, you're thinking correctly. You got the same. <laughs> I, let, let's hope that's a lot of weight, by the way, on that trifecta, because we both have six, four, two. You're going, Life is good.
2: Yeah. Um, late equipment change. Life is good is let's see, I'm 235 pounds ish. So, you know, add whatever your weight is to that, (laughs) that much overweight, um, Uh,
0: 180 plus something won't say
2: there you go. Okay. So life is good. Every time this horse runs in a big spot, I look for reasons to play against him and I can't do that here. I was able to do that in the Jerkins with Jackie's Warrior last year, where Mike Smith thought he was riding Secretariat and got beat. With the exception of that trip to Dubai over a track he clearly hated, this horse has done absolutely nothing wrong. Add in that for a grade one race of this magnitude, there's some early speed. There's not life is good early speed. Can you take a look at that time form U.S. early pace number there? One. 34 life is good should clear this field from that outside post Kickback has been a problem on the main track Not so much as last year where if you were behind a wall of horses you were done But I think life is good shows them a clean set of heels all the way around Would be a lone a for me in the pick five and we'll look at tickets later I put together one pick five ticket Life is good's a lone a Olympiad would be a B. Olympiad is a really cool horse that's won five in a row. My question with Olympiad though, and I understand that his race last year here, he ran into baby Yoda who ran the race of his life to put up a ridiculous buyer speed figure. Olympiad has lost three times. Two of them have come here. Now he does have a win. He broke his maiden over Cattle River who wound up being a nice little horse. Having said that, Well, there is a chance that Olympiad is just a completely different animal going two turns. I loved him in the Stephen Foster keyed a very nice exacta for me that day. Would not be at all surprised if this turns out to be the race of his life. I think he's going to need to fire an absolute best shot in order to beat life is good. And even so, he might need life is good to regress.
0: So, Andrew, you are the connections of Olympiad. You're Bill Mott. You're you, you, what do you tell junior Alvarado? I, uh, I don't even want to say what I would do, but if you are a fan of Olympiad and there's going to be plenty of people watching this, uh, listening to this later who want to try to beat life is good with Olympiad, which absolutely can happen. What is the best case scenario for junior Alvarado and Olympiad to beat life is good.
2: The best case for Olympiad is hot rod. Charlie gets sent out of the gate. Hot rod. Charlie does get blinkers on has shown some early speed now. Will they necessarily send him from the gate? I don't think they're going to send him. I think it's going to be a case where life is good clears and is a length and a half, two lengths in front as they go down the back stretch. However, if Flavian Pratt gets told, be aggressive, take the fight right to life is good, and Olympiad is sitting that garden spot, two lengths back towards the outside a little bit, that's his best chance.
0: Or perhaps perhaps life is good goes and Olympia just finds his way to come around, you know, on, on the backstretch and get that kind of trip that he wants. Um,
2: can I Andrew, address the comment you just showed about life is good, not wanting the distance. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, away. Do me a favor. What distance was the Pegasus world cup?
0: A uh, mile and eighth. I believe
2: mile and an eighth. Tell me who ran second.
0: I think it was a gray horse. That was pretty good. Um, Was it, uh, oh, Nick's go, horse of the year.
2: Now, life is good may well be overrated. I'm not saying he's Pegasus reincarnated, and there are people that believe that. I do, however, think that in a sport that has deprioritized the handicap division, he's certainly the best we've got on the East Coast.
0: Andrew, I, I really, I'm so happy that you have similar opinions as I do for the simple fact that I have a ton of respect for you and your handicapping knowledge, and it just feels good. Whether we're right or wrong, I don't know, but it just feels good for me selfishly.
2: If we're wrong, error. misery loves company, man.
0: <laughs> Andrew, I don't like. I can. I don't know if, if Flightline's going to run in the class or what's going to happen. But the, the, the hatred that life is good has gotten from some people because he lost in Dubai it just it blows my mind. This is this is a superior talent horse. I think he can definitely get a mile and a quarter a mile and eighth will be absolutely no problem whatsoever. I hope there's, I hope people think life is good is maybe susceptible here because if life is good is six to five um, to me, that's value it, for personally. And I, I love Olympiad, but six to five for me on the board would be a steal. Pete, you're going with Olympiad. I totally get it. This horse has just been awesome lately. All he does is get great trips. All he does is fire. There are zero knocks on this horse. Uh, are you hoping what Andrew would hope for in the scenario that I brought up is that hot rod. Charlie goes, you wants Olympia just to go right after life is good. How does he win Pete?
1: I mean, I know I don't, I don't think he can go right after him too early. I think he's got a hope that someone else does. The hope would be that hot rod. Charlie sort of tries to take a little of the sting out of life is good. Life is good. Just too good. If he's on the front end and he's uncontested, there's no way they're going to catch him. And, so I think Olympiad, unless he does. I mean, Olympiad, if he just, I mean, if he takes another little step forward and which he's been, you know, incrementally doing, then yeah. he took a big step forward in the last one and was just great. And if he can just say, Hey, you know what? Life is good. Let's get him in a fight and see what he can do. And, and Olympiad comes up on his neck on the turn. Then so you see what happens. I mean,
0: Here's the Stephen Foster. I just, this is America. This is Olympiad here. The six. here's American revolution. Who if you recall, Pete, I sort of liked that day. Uh, when we had our show, but my concern here, if you like American revolution is if American revolution, the two couldn't beat Olympia that day, how is he going to win today and beating life is good.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. He, I'm not sure he's going to. So, I, I mean, that that's why Here's to me, I, I would, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I think Olympia just kicked away from him. I mean, American revolution, Olympia had the trip that he makes, but, but great horses make, great yes. trips a lot of them and the and the good ones they find a way to get themselves in position but again if he's chasing uh, you know a horse who's just ahead without any sort of competition up front who's as talented and good as life is good and that's still tough and uh, and you and it's not it's not a knock on olympiad to say if he doesn't catch life is good you know it's some sort of detriment i mean it is what it is you're you're chasing a great horse on the lead so i think they're going to need life is good to have someone else contest him a bit and then have a like i always say on here i like to see olympiad take it to him early don't try and run him down halfway down the lane we said this last week in the Jim Dandy, and it went the opposite because yeah. it didn't happen that way. But I feel like I'd love to see Olympiad just get on his neck on the turn and try and get even with them before they even hit the stretch. And then let's see what life is good has at that point. If he pulls away, great, you lose. If you if you if he gets past, great, then you win. I mean, that's what we want. We want to see that sort of competition. So I'm playing both like a dummy. I'm playing both in the pick five that we're gonna put up, which you never do yeah. with these two chalks. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not losing to either one of these two. Andrew, Pete, I'm wish... doing
2: the same thing, and it's one of those cases where, again, if I was doing an A and B situation, life is good as an A, and Olympiad is a B. But I'm also taking a stance in the last race that I'm looking forward to talking about, okay. and I think we're going to catch a price in the Saratoga Derby too. Yeah, um, that's where Andrew, that's the there's hope. some
0: great, there's some great guy. I, I'm I, um, A Roth and Alex Condiff. I love that the chat is very live and active, Andrew. We got some people that are coming after us. This is a very I think it's a valid question and an appropriate question. i want to bring this up and then we'll move on. This is from A-Roth, who says, Life is good, got an easy lead in the Pegasus. Nixco was riding for second. I'm not sure about that, by the way. And not trying to go suicidal to lead, come fifth and ruin his stud. Your retorts to A-Roth.
2: Entirely possible. I am not whoever was riding Go that day. I believe it was Joel Rosario. I think it was, yep. Okay. Yep. It's one of those instances where, look, Even if that's the case, I agree with Crypto James there. If Life is Good runs the A-race in this particular spot, he beats the A-race of every horse in training not named Flightline right now. And that's not a knock on the rest of the field. It's just that Life is Good is that good. And I honestly think him getting injured and getting knocked off of that triple crown trail was a gift for horse racing fans because... If he goes in that Kentucky Derby, you're honestly going to tell me he doesn't blow Medina Spirit's doors off? (laughs) And if he does that, he's not running. This was a gift that we got. And the fact that we're able to see him run, it's a good thing. I hate applauding connections for keeping a good horse in training at four because that (laughs) really should be the rule rather than the exception. But that's where we are right now.
0: Yeah. All right. The, the last thing I'll get the final word here. Um, I do agree that life is good is the best horse and I think he's the most tactical. Um, I do think Olympiad has to take a small step forward. Not much, but he does. And the, if Olympiad was outside of life is good, I would like Olympiad a little bit more. I think it's a big jockey race, Andrew, but I think that is a big advantage to life is good because he's outside of him. He yeah. can sort of break. And I, I, I do think life is good is tactical. Like if hot rod, Charlie, just all out sends, which by the way, with blinkers on, I think is very possible because hot rod Charlie's best race. Andrew, in my opinion, was a race. He didn't win. It was the Belmont when he Mm -hmm. set ridiculous fractions. So if you're a hot rod Charlie fan who I usually am, I think his only chance, honestly, Andrew, Pete, is just to go. Just try to run him off his feet, go as fast as you can for as far as you can. I don't think it would work, but that's the strategy I personally would use. Andrew last comment. Would you agree with that? if you're Flavian Hot Rod Charlie, just just freaking go and take your chances. You're not closing and beating Olympiad um, and Life is Good and American Revolution. I just don't see yeah, that.
2: I completely agree with that. And one quick thing to the chat, thank you for being so interactive and so awesome. That's the great thing about this game. It's paramutual wagering. It's my money against Pete's money, against Howard's money, against everybody's money. Sometimes we win. Sometimes we lose. And regardless, there's another race coming up in 30 minutes. <laughs> it's why I love this game. That was what appealed to me at an age where I was really too young to be exposed to that line of thinking. So, you know, blame <laughs> my parents for that one. But that's what is so cool about this game. And it's one of the reasons that we love days like this.
1: Hey, Howard, just, real real quick. I don't want I, I didn't real, want I real, wanted to mention this. Yeah, we, real quick
2: races. Andrew's first frame. I know. It. 35, 30 minutes here.
1: In the, in the Whitney, Todd Pletcher has three three of the six horses, and ex- including the favorite. I had a fun stat for the, for the listeners. Todd Pletcher, oh for last 28, wins with males in grade ones on dirt at Saratoga. So we're going to see. He's got three chances to break that streak <laughs> here. We'll see if he does.
0: Wow, that's it. I, Pete's brought that set up before, Andrew. It's shocking. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to a very fun race, guys. This is the Saratoga Derby Invitational. It's a turf race. It's the sort of the second leg of the turf triple. The Belmont Derby was the first one, won by Classic Causeway, which I personally was shocked by. Um, this is a grade one, a million dollars. A mile and three sixteenths, a little bit shorter than the Belmont Derby. It's a very big field. You see it right here. The more line favor is number six, Annapolis, for Pletcher and Irad. And I did switch the screen, yes. Um, Andrew, you are going with Stone Age, one of the Euros for Aidan O'Brien.
2: Yeah, the two euros are my two A's In this particular race And I shouldn't say two euros Because Royal Patronage is in this race He was a European horse for a while Stone Age was one of many casualties in a race that was very light on early speed from a fractional standpoint. You see 48, you see 112 and one. Classic Causeway ran really, really well on this day. I remember watching this race from the Alameda County Fair in Pleasanton. He <laughs> makes the lead, and I'm waiting for someone to challenge him turning for home, and nobody does. Now, I do not think you're going to get 8-1 to one if you like Classic Causeway. I think Classic Causeway is going to be bet down off of this performance. I think he's going to be in the 9-2, to 5-1 to one range personally. But I look at this race, I think Main Event's going to go. I think Emmanuel is going to go. I don't think Annapolis is going to be sitting too far back. I wouldn't be surprised if Royal Patronage does what he did in the Belmont Derby and offers a little bit of pace pressure. I don't think Classic Causeway is going to be alone on the front end. I think this pace is going to be pretty darn quick. And I think that sets up for the second and third place finishers from the Belmont Derby. I prefer Stone Age a little bit. I just thought he was the more accomplished of the two European runners. But Nation's Pride also would not surprise me. Love the fact that William Buick is taking the trip across the Atlantic for one mount. I love it when jockeys travel, my goodness, down the street for one mount every day. This guy's going halfway across the world, and both of those horses' best races would probably win this one. I don't hate Annapolis. Annapolis is the five to two morning line favorite. I think he goes favored. I picked him third in this spot solely because the stretch out from a mile to a mile and three sixteenths is not a small one. Did win here at Saratoga first time out. I don't necessarily know what he beat on that particular occasion. Am I going to be stunned if Annapolis turns out to be a really, really good turf horse? No, but he's going to need to fire a career best shot in order to win this race. And as the great Harvey Pack, who we unfortunately lost last year, made a career out of saying, never bet a horse as the favorite, doing something it's never done before. We're seeing the Manila here. And again, remember, Belmont, one turn, very firm. Different setup. Maybe he's just better than this particular group, but he'll be a B for me. The two Euros that I mentioned are gonna be the A's. As a bigger price, I'm encouraged by Grant Sonata, who ran fourth. And look, if you like Nation's Pride and Stone Age, you have to at least consider Grant Sonata, who finished just behind that one, despite a pretty wide trip. And that one's gonna be a big price for that Pletcher guy. Who also trains Annapolis. So, not one I think you want to sleep on, but I'll be riding with Stone Age and Nations Pride here. I think those are the two most likely winners. Uh,
0: it's amazing down below. We're all, and ladies and gentlemen, I think most of you know this at home. Andrew, uh, Pete, and myself, we did not talk about this rate. We don't know. No, talk about no not at all. Before we come on, um, Pete, very quickly, uh, you, you're we're going with the same three. Anything else you want to talk about with Nations Pride? um and the uh, outside or stone age they both i showed the replay andrew you were talking about uh, the horses they were both a little wide on the first turn i was still disappointed they didn't get the job done though i mean they really one of them should have got the job done uh, and they didn't Pete, what's your thought here on, on more speed in this race and just maybe second time in the country blah blah blah
1: yeah, no, I agree with what Andrew said completely. I just think the setup in this race is better for for those two. And I just think they're – I thought they were probably best in that last one and, and Classic Causeway just got away with a really comfortable trip eventually. And I just think Nation's Pride and 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 um, one of the 10 Stone Age are probably just Stone the two Age. best horses. And I think, again, if they do get a little bit more of a speed setup, then – they're going to have a, a quicker opportunity and you just hope they get underway a little bit. I also did love the thing about Buick coming over. Not that the you know, Tori is fantastic and I love him, but to get Buick back on this horse again, I think it's great. And I think he'll have him hopefully in a better position. And, and again, if classic causeway, I put classic cause, we'll get to the pick five. I put classic causeway on the ticket from just from purely I uh, I don't feel like losing if he does not get bet down and he does that on the front end again, but I, I, I really like the four and the ten.
0: Uh, Pete, you know how I I said this right after the the next show, Andrew, I said, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to bet against Classic Causeway the next time in Saratoga. And sure enough, Emmanuel is, unless Emmanuel has some weird vet situation that they don't fill out the papers again, like the BS that (laughs) happened. Don't get me started, Andrew. Um, Needless to say, I did not have Classic Causeway. Could you tell last time? Um, I want to talk about Annapolis really quick and then we're going to move on. Andrew, I don't know if you feel the same way I do. This is never, never a horse I would bet to win at 5-2 to two in my wildest dreams. This horse would have to be like, I don't know, I'd say 4-1 to one for me to consider a win bet. That being said, this is absolutely an A for me. Now, I know you disagree with that because you've got him as a B. I just think he's super talented. I see no reason why he can't stretch out the damn side with my miss Sophia who got long distance and had bridled song and dancing on the top. I mean, again, I would not bet this horse to win at a low price, but I've got to use him as an a he's the fresh face in this race. Todd has pointing him here. I just think he's awfully damn good. I think he's super talented. He could have gotten a 95 buyer. If he won that last race, he's got something to prove, but you know, these three-year-olds have been a bit disappointing. So I, I, I think Annapolis is really talented. Last thing I'll say there's two horses as bombs. I agree with you. Grand Sonata is the other Pletcher and a closer. And don't sleep on stolen base. I know he looks ridiculous, but if it does fall apart, he's absolutely a closer. He ran big at Churchill, which we all know had issues. His race last time was just way too bad to be believed. Stolen base is the kind of horse, Andrew, I would love to put in third in my tries as a back wheel maybe even second if things get crazy that's my total like bomb play of the race but i don't think he has a chance to win final thoughts Andrew, before we go to the last race
2: stolen base is a b for me uh, i believe oh, wow. he's running wow. in this race as opposed to the hall of fame on friday Yeah, is he he's it's, going yeah. here? okay okay it's just i, I think so either yeah, way right, i set I up I'm... for him right i mean i don't know no I have him second in the Hall of Fame. I've got him on the oh. ticket here as a B. Okay. I agree with you in that. I just think the Belmont Derby was too poor to be true. A repeat of that American turf effort, two back. I don't know if that gets him the money, but I also know that he is going to be a very big price and moving in the right direction late. If he comes rolling outside of horses and I don't have him, here's what I'm going to be doing for all of you people watching on video. <laughs> is my closet door. Ugh,
0: ugh, <laughs> ugh. absolutely I gotta use that I,
2: horse at least a little yeah I, I,
0: I have him as a C I don't but listen you can have there's worse 31's I've seen and Dylan Davis is great and by the I way Michael, thought, oh, Michael, no, Maker, Michael Maker I'm not going to let this horse get beat me at 40 to 1 go ahead Pete
1: well, I just thought the last time, too, I thought he was a little closer than you expected. And yeah, that's not really his game. So if just sit back with him, let everybody go beat themselves up up front, and then yep. come with that labor. Oh, by the way, just to poo poo your Annapolis real quick. You know, I love to poo poo Pletcher, apparently, hey, today. Like to He's throw the, uh, throw the
0: poo poo. Throw Pete. the poo
1: poo at you. <laughs> Pletcher five for fifty five wins in Grade One turfs, with the three of those five wins being Colonel Liam. So if you throw Colonel Liam out, he's two for fifty two in Grade One turfs. And again, I'm not saying don't bet him because of that. We know we always throw the stat out just for fun.
0: But Pete's a Todd Pletcher hater, and I, I'm just I'm just kidding, Pete. Pete Pete's sort of our stat guy, and I mean I'm I'm, I'm a math teacher, but Pete does a lot of the stats and. You got to look at these stats. I mean, they're, they're not meaningless. Let's go to the last race, which I think is a complete cluster spread. Let's see who our experts pick here. I need to take. I know I realized I had Paul's picks on there. Let me take those off really quick. The last race is a main special weight. I believe it's for New York breads if I remember uh, correctly. They're on the turf. It's a mile and a sixteenth. It's a complete grab bag. There you see the field right there. Uh, the morning line favorite which I think is really low personally is number one. So, excuse me, number two, your mission for Pletcher and IRA. That's why obviously uh, the born line is what it is. I agree with David. I just don't think the horse. And I picked
1: picked the Pletcher on top here. So relax with the Pletcher
0: hating stuff. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Um, Andrew, I've got a big negative stat on your horse. So I'd love to hear what you have to say um, with the number seven, oh, let me bring it up here, Who's a first-time starter for a guy named Chad Brown. Walk him down with Tyler G. in the saddle.
2: Yeah, so first of all, you mentioned you're a, you're a high school math teacher. Yes, Shout sir. out to all the teachers out there. My girlfriend, bless her heart, is a fifth-grade teacher preparing to start the school year. God bless all y'all. Um, Thank you, Andrew. As far as, no, no problem at all, man. Uh, as far as this goes, it's more of a fact that I hate the ones that have run rather yeah. than liking Walk Down. Walk Down is a first-time starter by Nyquist out of a more-than-ready mare. Initially, that screams turf, and the more you look at the pedigree, the more you find there are things to like. The damn ready for romance is a stakes-winning turf miler. There are a couple of decent works on the tab for Chad. You see that there did a lot of work up at Woodbine, uh, by the way, fantastic place. If you have never been to Woodbine, go wonderful people, wonderful place. Love going up there a couple of months back. Walk them down. The thing that concerns me just a little bit about this horse, as we take a look at the pedigree and there's a lot of turf in there too, is Tyler Leone doesn't ride a lot for Chad. And I'm looking at this here And I spread. I went four deep. Flavian Pratt shows up on number four action. Jackson we will get to that one. You take a look at some of the other guys that Chad has used over the years. Arad Ortiz rides back your mission, who ran second last time out. That makes a little bit of sense. Jose Ortiz rides for Linda Rice. Not sure what to make of that. Tyler gets the mount here. He's been riding better of late the last couple of weeks. has been finishing second and third a lot. You see seven seconds and 11 thirds. He's been putting horses into position, just hasn't been winning. I went with the seven as my top pick. Action Jackson, my second selection, off since November. Pratt lands here. Some very good workouts for Jorge Abreu, who has been on a real roll of late. You see two of 18 there in the form. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Uh, that that, that, that oh, wow. all also-
0: Yeah, I did did not know that. Thank
2: you. Yep. Uh, Thank you for the reminder of that. But Action Jackson (laughs) goes for a brew. A brew's been training very, very well so far. And I'll also be a little bit interested in seeing number 10 conquest lightly raced for a barn whose horses tend to improve with experience. The last out fourth against a runaway winner was not bad. I mean, I'm also using Burt, Burt, Bird, and Oregano, their strength in numbers there. And also, I just think the last race is a total throwout. There are two horses I'm absolutely dead set against at their prices. I don't like your mission at five to two. I know he's Pete's top pick, was second last time out. Last time out, that race was one of those races where I looked and went, I want no part of any of them moving forward. It was a very uninspiring race. You yeah. see a time form figure of 66. That's nothing for a maiden special weight race at Saratoga. And speaking of that race, if we could scroll down to a horse that made my never again list last time out, (laughs) I'm referring to number nine, Biondi. If you lead through a half in 52 seconds, you're supposed to win. That horse doesn't even hit the board. That's a never again at all ever play for me until that horse breaks through and proves me wrong. And when he does, I'll tip my cap. But I liked him last time. I thought the race two back was fine. But again, you talk about the differences between Belmont and Saratoga. Ran a big race, a two back, earned a 92 figure in time for him. Last time out, zero excuses, 66. No thank you on Biondi. One, four, seven, and 10 for me to finish off the pick five. My big stance in this sequence and why I can get away with using both Life is Good and Olympiad on the ticket will show in a bit. I hate the favorite. I hate the likely second choice in here. Andrew, I know you have to go in a minute. So here's what we've got going. about maybe five or 10 more minutes before it gets urgent. So don't rush.
0: Uh, okay. All right. So, so very good. Quick stat, by the way, I did not know that about Tyler G and E5. I had I totally
2: seven. forgotten. And I didn't even consider that, the owner at all comment section. You rock.
0: That that might change my opinion, but I do have a stat. Chad and Tyler at Saratoga uh, lifetime. over for 13. Not good. I just want to and
2: reiterate: we did not talk about this at all. I had no idea that was the stat you were going to bring up. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: I've got I've got more stats in this race because I have a pretty strong opinion in this race. Um, Pete, you've got three horses. It's amazing. You look at the you look at the bottom of the screen, ladies and gentlemen. Pete's got two horses that Andrew doesn't have, and he's got three horses. I don't even have. Excuse me, two with the two. Uh, Pete, you're spread going.
2: Red people the... spread.
0: Yeah, it's a I... spread. P you're going with your mission. You got the first time started second. And you have the horse that Andrew says could not possibly win in third.
1: I mean, I, I don't like any of them is, is more of my thing. I have I'm six deep in the in, in the pick five we're gonna show and could probably go yeah. deeper than that. I mean I, I don't know what I like about anything with, with your mission. Again, I don't love the price. I don't love the price of any horse who, who can't win. And especially one that, you know, hasn't looked that impressive with those figures. Yeah. I like that Pletcher had a 36% made in special weight turf routes at Saratoga in the past couple of years. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm grasping at straws here in this race. Cause I just didn't, as I went through my first pass, I'm like, man, I don't really like any of them. I the thing I like the best about the the seven aside from Chad being it is that it hasn't run yet so it hasn't had a chance to disappoint me yet so the rest of them were I more agree. just disappointing and it's more just going against the negatives and I had to put Axon Jackson on my ticket Andrew my son's name is Jackson so you know he goes on the ticket because if it beats me in the pick five I'm going to really be pissed and I would be banging my head like you were earlier
2: usually I don't love hunch bets like that if it's your kid's name I'll allow it
1: you got to do it yeah and, and he yes. has it actually doesn't look that bad it's not like oh, he's a dog yeah it. you I I mean, you like him, so I, I feel better about that.
0: All right, guys, I got I got a wacky opinion, and then Andrew will show your pick five, and then we'll let you go. I got some stats for Sir John, okay, who looks slow. No question, looks slow on paper, but newly turned three-year-old gets the full makeover, gelding Lasix. Mott, you're right for this six-month-plus layoff in a turf route. Mott is 18%, 46% of the money. Hold on, I'm not done. With Junior... Riding 25% win, 46% in the money. And uh, I have one more. Oh, with maidens and all those things, 33% out of the win. Then bam! Drop the mic. Sir John's going to make a big improvement here. He's got a 47 and two uh, breezing on the dirt. This is a bad field. He's a price. Sir John, my price play of the entire. Pick five, Andrew. Take it to the bank. And I love this horse. Action Jackson, by the way, I'm using in second just because, again, he's a fresh face. But Abreu, six-plus months turf route. How about three for 35, guys? Although he's two for eight with Pratt. And both those wins have been recent. So I'm a little bit more positive with Action Jackson because of the Pratt angle. But this is not a move that Abreu does. I'm looking for a fresh face, Andrew. I agree with everything you said. I grew a little a little bit with Pete. Um, I'm just going with fresh faces here. It's a spread race. But Sir John, I am fascinated with. Andrew, you get the final say as we bring up your pick five.
2: I cannot blame you at all for taking a shot like that. And that work does jump off the page. My one concern, and look, Bill Mott is as good a trainer as there is. He does not work his horses fast. You no. see 47 and change anywhere it's noteworthy. The Oklahoma training track is just as deep as the main track. I'm wondering if maybe he ran off in that particular work. Mm. I'm not sure if XBTV would have it or not, but I'd be interested in knowing what happened there. I can't fault you for taking a swing. You see my pick five down there. We're spreading to start. We get Monterey home. We've got the two logicals in the Whitney and we're spreading to finish five deep in the uh, Saratoga Derby four deep in a wide open finale without the favorite or the second choice. I was given a budget of $100. As my father can attest, I'm very good at spending other people's money. So take a look there. If the pick five is a little bit too costly for you, just play the late pick four for 20 bucks. And if that returns 70, 80 bucks, look at it this way you're getting. Let's see. If it's 60 bucks, you're getting two to one on Monterey, who's going to be one to nine. If it yes. returns 80 or 100 bucks, you drive the payoff up. That's not going to be something that gets you out of bed in the morning saying, oh, I want to bet this two or three to one shot. But from a math standpoint, that checks out. And those are the kind of plays that you're going to want to use as you churn your bankroll over the course of the meet.
0: Um, A-Roth, I totally agree with you, but that's why I like the horse, because people are say he's too slow. He's a newly turned three-year-old. He could jump up 15 points easily, in, in my opinion. I respect your opinion, A-Roth, but I sort of like the fact that he's too slow, too slow on paper right now. Um, well, Andrew, I agree
2: for sure, and by the way... If that horse is two to one or five to two, you hate the horse. If that horse is going to be 12 to one, 15 Absolutely. to one, you'll love the horse. It's Absolutely. just a matter of finding value. And that's the message that I'll leave all of y'all with as I need to go and uh, yeah. have some fun knocking down stationary targets 60 feet away. Hi, dad. How you doing? The suck factor is <laughs> wow. One seven, hey, Mr. Champagne, how not, you doing? Thanks for watching. <laughs> yeah, the, the seven has not had a chance to suck yet. Therefore, you go. the love factor it. angle comes into play. Thanks I love dad, it. looking forward to seeing you in a week and a half when I fly back to that place right there. But on a closing note, value, 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 whatever your definition of value is, go seek it, whether that's horizontal wagers, vertical wagers, whatever, use all the information you have at your disposal, be thorough, and ultimately you're going to wind up on your strongest opinions. And that's what you want as a horse player. So never, ever, ever underestimate the importance of the kinds of wagers that I'm outlining here. And look hundred dollar late pick five ticket that returns eleven hundred dollars that's not out of the question and all of a sudden we've turned Monterey into a 10 to one shot
0: Andrew love I it. really appreciate being on the show I want to make a promise to you. I'd love to have you back on before the meet's over I know you're a really busy guy I hope you've enjoyed being on our podcast you were excellent we really enjoyed having you uh good luck you your bowling uh, make sure you hit. Make sure you get that ten pin when you miss those strikes. I'm gonna Stand try. Down. Yeah, lower
2: speed, ten. guy. The ten pin is my nemesis. I really appreciate you guys having me. This is a fantastic show. The library of stuff you guys have is exceptional. 165 episodes of anything is really really good i'm happy to stop by whenever you guys will have me we'll line something up and we'll go from there thank you very much thanks awesome. andrew thanks
0: andrew you can check him out of the pink sheet a lot of other places you can watch him on twitter Andrew, have a great night we appreciate it. we'll see you again take care take it easy everybody bye-bye All right, bye-bye i don't leave don't leave folks because pete and i need to go through our tickets which we we think are are pretty good of course uh andrew champagne was fantastic i i uh pete Wealth and knowledge. The guy knows things yeah. talking like a glove. You can great tell. guest. And I love, I love his enthusiasm. I'm declaring one of my, the top 10 or 15 guests we've had in the 165 shows. He was, well, he's got to be nope. number
1: one. Cause his dad's watching. So you got to give him the, the top spot. Cause his, okay, his dad's so in the, David, dad's if if in this the audience.
0: Is listening. Andrew was by far better than Durkin, better than anyone we've ever had. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Pete, let's show your ticket here. Here's Pete's pick five ticket. He's got five, six, seven, eight with one with four, six. With four, six, nine, ten, with two, three, four, five, seven, nine. And I apologize, we didn't actually say Andrew's ticket for people that are going to be listening. So, Pete, just give me a second. Yeah, go really ahead go back and do it. Yep. This is Andrew. This was Andrew's pick five ticket for those of you that are listening on the audio versions. Andrew Champagne is going one, three, seven, eight, nine, with one, with four, six, with two, four, five, six, ten. With one four seven ten, that's Andrew's ticket again. Pete five six seven eight with one with four six with four six nine ten with two three four five seven nine. Pete, explain your ticket, please.
1: Yeah, nothing too complicated. Taking the free square at Monterey, doing sort of what you don't normally like to do, and taking life is good and Olympiad in that in the Whitney just to go six deep. Now, again, I, I wouldn't mind if I decide to change my mind and take a stand in the Whitney and, and single one of those as well. And then even spread a little bit, even deeper in that last leg. Cause I just think that last leg is the crapshoot, And that's the one where hopefully you could catch a bomb. Hopefully, you know, you can, you, you get lucky and you pick the right one and you put the right one on your ticket. And then again, in the first leg, and in the, I think that Beaumont Derby, Belmont Derby, the, the Saratoga Derby is, I think it's just a fantastic race. I just hope that the, I like the euros on top. So that's another one where maybe I would go a little skinnier just if I, when I overlooked this ticket is to put the two euros as the A's. I wouldn't have classic Causeway probably as an A, but for this case I would. He's more of just wow. a, I'll be pissed if I lose to him. So I'd maybe back him up and then go to the just go to the to the two euros on top. Maybe if you wanted to skinny this up a bit,
0: uh, Pete, I'm going to do something that I have not done. And if uh, if my nephew, uh, Paul Halloran's was here, he'd probably yell at me. And you're, <laughs> you're going to be surprised by this. Are you ready? I, yeah. I checked. Here's my now. I got to explain this. I checked the HHH Racing Podcast Handbook which of course was written by me. So I can do whatever the hell you I want. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do here. Okay. I think this could be very chalky. So here are two tickets for you folks at home to consider. I, I'm going to, I'm going to try. I'm pressing up. I'm going to try to hit this for, for two bucks. I'm going to try to hit this four times. My main ticket is seven, eight, nine with one with four, six with four, six ten with actually those numbers. I just realized are wrong because of, whole, Oh no, I just erased it. Oh my goodness. This is bad news. Oh boy. Oh, oh boy. We, <laughs> I just got rid of my ticket. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe I did. And I can't get it back. Okay. I saw well, the, the viewer, really... the
1: viewers can see it. So if anybody wants it, check the well, YouTube, it was on the yeah. banner. It might be a little messed up. Howard can, uh, you uh, know, we can Howard can well, put it in the comments. If that's he wants the, to first, adjust that's it. the
0: first time that I've ever done that. So again, um, if you're listening to this, you're going to have to go on YouTube to, um, see the ticket. I'm going to try to recall it. If you're viewing this, go back and watch the show at the. Uh, I'm looking at the time here. It's at one, about the one minute, one hour 25 minute mark. But here's what I do in general, Pete. I think I just have it by memory. I'm going to play two tickets here. I'm going to go seven, eight, nine with one, with four, six, with four, six, ten, with uh, two, four, five, ten. On the end, and that is I'm gonna play that for a dollar. I'm going off of memory. I think it's a 72 dollar ticket. Uh that yeah. That's one. I, Chris, now hold on a second, everyone. Everyone needs to listen carefully. The last race, Pete had one of those uh coupling issues, and we because the, the two yeah. is breaking from the one. So Chris Mack, that is what I have written down, but that was incorrect. The last the first four legs are correct, Chris. Leave this up, Pete, if you could. Yeah, the first four legs are correct. The last leg should be. Two, four, five, ten. Just move those numbers up a slot. Again, the last leg: two, four, five, ten. You can take it off now, Uh Pete. There's the Th- that's
1: the updated one, just so people could see it.
0: Okay, this is the press up. This is the press up ticket. Seven, eight, with one, with Madeira, with Life is Good, with the two euros in Annapolis, with again two, four, five, ten. I'm gonna press up that for a dollar. So, Pete, my general feeling is. I just think the first three legs are going to be chalky. Um, The fourth leg, I just, I would use others, and again, you know me, ABC, blah blah blah. But just a caveman, I would go uh, just the two euros in Annapolis and hope one of those three win. And then I think the price is coming in the last race with possibly your son's action, Jackson, or the one I really like, the five Sir John. And I'm going to try to crush this thing four times and hit it for two bucks. Um, I can see people spreading. In some of the other races, I will be spreading in the last two races as ABCs, especially I'm just not spreading a lot in the first few legs Pete, I just don't see it happening. Early in the sequence. No, your I final, agree with you. No, final I, I. thoughts there. I,
1: my first thought was, especially on these big days with the multiple graded stakes, you, you look at them and you go, "Man, we're going to get some." I like some prices. I like some long shots, and then the races wind up happening, and they turn out to be chalky, and you get some, you know, you get an eighty-five dollar pick five that, and you played a ninety-eight dollar ticket, so. I agree with you and I would press up. I, I want to just say if Paul was is going to watch later, this is what you get for flouting the rules. You get to delete your ticket and you get all you know. bad things happen when you go against the rules. So I just wanted to say that's – will-
0: Go against the wait. I I create the rules. What do you mean? Go yes, against. you
1: create them and you, you you still break them. And I love that Andrew came on, by the way. Paul's going to be so proud that Andrew came up with a hundred dollar even ticket. He's going to really appreciate that we now, did that now without let's,
0: him. Let's be fair. Um, nephew Paul is the first one who broke the rules by putting giving me a hundred dollar ticket when I said less than a hundred. That's, that. That's true. That's well, okay, true. Yes, so. but you know.
1: We're from the East Coast, baby. We break the rules. <laughs> yeah, that,
0: that that that's what I hear. Um anyway, the Race Day blog is great if you guys are not familiar with it, please check it out on Patreon. It's inexpensive, it's profitable. And Pete, where can they can find samples of the Race Day blog? Right there correct
1: yes please on the on the website hhhracingpodcast.com very complicated if you go on there one of the pages that we have it's called i think race day blogs or race day blog it's, it's, is the it's page a tag on the top yeah it's yeah. just a tag on the top and then if you go on there what we have and there's actually a screenshot now it's a new edition There's a screenshot of the race day blog and then there's actual versions you can download again just to get a sense for what they include so if you had questions about subscribing now you could at least see examples and you could see the type of information that's included and you could check them against the, the results if you want to see how Howard's really been doing. But then you see that on there. And then secondly, there's a screenshot of the stats of the day, which I send out along with the race day blog each week. And there's you can download some of those as well. Again, just to get an example of the two types of information that you get if you're a subscriber to the race day blog, which I, hopefully they're beneficial to everyone.
0: Uh, yeah, the stats are fantastic. By the way, I'll wrap up the show by saying this. A shout-out to Paul Halloran, who was fantastic at Del Mar last Saturday. He had, like, three of the last five winners. I did not realize the tide would be out, and therefore the inside of the track would be horrible because <laughs> Baffert's horses that I liked sucked. Um, but that's a very interesting thing to keep in mind. We're not joking, by the way, about that. You can you can look into that for yourself. A lot of people uh, su- subscribe to the Tide Factor at uh, Del Mar, but Paul was fantastic. And Pete, just like to say, before we get to uh, Christine there, we'll bring that up a second. I, I will pat myself on the back. Both my plays of the day last week on the blog at Saratoga and Del Mar came through. There was a horse I liked at Saratoga to finish underneath. He finished third. And I know a lot of people hit that try. And there was a, a monster Baffert first-time starter boy, and Newgate, I think is the name of the Newgate, horse, that yeah, just ran yeah, off yeah. the screen. And uh, that that wasn't such a creative opinion, but he did win. So anyway, the the race day blog, I also had Mobu at like seven to two and some other uh, nice prices. So the race day blog has been coming through uh, very well for us. Uh, Last thing, this again, Saturday. And sorry, I'll let you talk about Christine in a second, Pete. Just want to preview the shows again. This Saturday, live, guys. It's on the bottom of the screen. Live, 5 to 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. Right here, we're going to go through the three grade ones Uh, We're going to watch them. We're going to uh, preview them. We're going to talk about, you know, comment after the fact. And then next Tuesday night, a really fun night with two young handicappers that are in college right now that know the game well. We're going to help them out. It's college night uh, next Tuesday night. Pete, Christine had a final thought, and then we'll – There you go. Thank you, Christine. Yeah, yeah, thank you. We appreciate that.
1: Yeah. I mean, and again, it's it's one of those where we we put it because we just want to give out as much information as possible for everyone to use in case again, if you don't have if you don't have access to formulator. Or if you just don't have the time to dig in and try and figure out all these, the stats of the day are just a, an additional piece of information, additional points, data points for you to help with your handicapping. Again, they're not meant to sway you a hundred percent one way or the other. It's just information that we hope is beneficial.
0: Yeah. Uh, final shout out again to Andrew Champagne. Thanks for coming on. He was uh, fantastic from uh, Saratoga. We wish everyone great success by the way, the blog is also going to cover West Virginia. They have the West Virginia Derby, which is a great race and many stake races. So if you belong to the blog, you're going to get Saratoga detailed. Even more information we talked about in the show. And we're also going to talk about the late pick five at Mountaineer on Saturday with five, actually four stake races, including the West Virginia Derby. For my co-host, uh, Pete Visco, this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 165 of the HHH. Racing podcast. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Please join us right here, live Saturday afternoon, 5 p.m. Eastern, for the three grade ones on Whitney Day. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye bye.